Mike Draco in the house tonight. First up, what's up, buddy? Good to see you here. Hey, this is Chris with Cycle Source Magazine. We're getting ready to go live with another episode of Shop Talk. Thank God we made it around the clock to Sunday again. Here we are together, getting ready to celebrate two wheels and the return of springtime for motorcycling. Great show tonight. Do me a favor, hit the like and share button so all your friends and neighbors know we're going live with Shop Talk in just four minutes. We're hitting the broadcast button. Don't miss it. Grab a drink, kick back, get ready for Shop Talk. Stauber in the house, Big D, good to see you here, Cincinnati representing Steve Henderson, love and respect out to you too buddy, good evening Chopper Town from Elena Tucker, good to see you here, thanks for stopping in, Tony Tello, Med for Mass in the house, right on, so uh, like I said up there, killer lineup tonight for bikes big and small, SM all big and small, there's a secret message in that phrase going to be awesome tonight. Two and a half minutes out and we're going live with Shop Talk. Don't go anywhere. talking about getting ready for Daytona. Gus Gus is in the house. Happy Sunday before Daytona. Steve Rose checking in from Detroit. Lance Baxter, good to see you here. Walter Coro getting ready for Daytona. We, we have half the truck packed already. I adjusted the push rods on the shovel head today. Actually kicked at the light for the first time. I'm ahead of schedule. What's up? Something's bound to go wrong, but not tonight. We got a good show to do. Killer one coming up, minute and a half. Roberts almost missed that one, but Cyrus, Missouri, where the men and men, and yeah, you know the rest. <laughs> Lancaster, PA, Keith Farnoff, Eddie DeWitzer, men, I'm assuming Minnesota, probably too cold up there to say the rest of that. I can dig it. One minute out. us tonight. Good to see you, man. He's excited. This is his television commercial debut tonight. First time ever. Internationally. Not going to be able to live with that kid after this. Don Gilmore, Chase Rider, number 22, Pittsburgh, PA. Steven Zalistra, Iowa, representing. Good to see all you guys tonight, man. Thanks for watching this program and everything we're doing over here at Source Media and um, all our friends over at Chopper Town. Thanks for all the support. 
get ready just 27 seconds up that means it's time to get this one out of the station and up onto the track let's go live with this week's installment of shop talk here we go Scooter Tramps and Chopper Jockeys all across the land as something crashes to the floor in the outer studio. <laughs> I'm Chris from Cycle Source Magazine, and this is Shop Talk. Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We go live with this program 50 floors below the street level here at the Cycle Source Magazine World Headquarters through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Coming to you live through Cycle Source Magazine's uh, social media, Chopper Town social media. We got a lot of great partners out there. Um, support all of them. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. What is Shop Talk if this is your first time? 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. We talk about motorcycles, stuff that happens in the garage, sometimes embarrassing moments from our past. And uh, before I go any further, I want to bring the crew in. We got a busy night tonight, guys. What's up? Howdy, howdy. There's going to be embarrassing moments from our past. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, boy. There are just so many. This is going to cost me. So crazy, man. We're getting ready for Daytona, and we don't have a big bike build. We have a little bike. <laughs> You'd think it was a big bike. I know, right? We've taken this a little too seriously, Mark. I'm a little still high from pain fumes. <laughs> you know the worst part is like it's like literally a little bike build and it's still we're going to be pulling out of the driveway as mark is throwing it into the back of the truck yeah it's gonna look cool though that little thing's pretty badass right on and that's going to be uh coming up in the second part of the show we actually have a few of the guys from the flying pistons builder breakfast benefit that's going on in daytona they um outfitted a bunch of us with the new Harley Davidson Iron E electric 16 inch motor or bicycles, motorcycle, motorbike. And uh, the, the range kind of, of customizing is kind of neat, right? Oh, like, yeah. It's all over the map. Yeah. yeah, it's super, super cool how everybody's different ideas are all falling on There's this. There's only tiny one bike. so far that I haven't seen any pictures of, so I'm curious as to what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious too. <laughs> I've seen the seat for it, though. Yeah. That's it. I've seen the seat is nice. Steve Burrell says the bikes look big if you're six. Um, Jason Holman says Mark looks like he has a secret. Oh, I oh I have a secret. All right, <laughs> hey man, my, it's in my pocket. So if you wonder, you'll hear us every once in a while on the show talking about uh, comments that are coming in. Um, all you have to do is what wherever you're watching this from throw up your comments if it's facebook youtube whatever they'll come in through that box there and we'll try to get to your questions concerns everything mr banks in the house mr willie t jones chopper Shut time up. march 11th cycle source roadside marty the reason to go to daytona right there it's we're all it, on our way my man that is hands down the best show mm -hmm. of the year i, I mean 
I'm stoked. I'm, I'm totally bummed I'm missing. I'm like so bummed. I know. Well, That's be, for you. It's going to be the first one in a really long time. I'll it will you. be. Yeah. It will be. So let's uh, let's rock and roll here because we got a hell of a show to get through tonight. Um, like I said, this is a 90 to 120 minute show that we uh, that we usually start off with a little program. We like to call the news. First up in the news tonight, and that's in from our very own Cycle Source Magazine World Report. Explore Endless Horizons new Harley Davidson Pan American 1250 and Pan American 1250 Special motorcycles debut. But the defecation kind of hit the rotary oscillator during that review. There was wild, wild controversy going on all over social media. The bike actually looks bitching. It seems like everyone in the company is super, super excited about this release. They're all invested in it, but. Um, it seems like the uh, the politic bug sort of drifted in on this, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of inevitable. Yeah, especially. I was just gonna say, isn't it obvious that that was gonna happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it was just too volatile a year um, to have somebody, in my opinion, to have somebody that was that that outspoken. outspoken yeah. Yeah. On his views, so I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but if you're a public figure, yeah. Eh, Maybe, I maybe I really shut the hell up. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I really like the uh, and going back to your commentary about the uh, jet skis. We'll get to that later, but um, I really like the the comparison that they were making to the to heritage of Harley Davidson and how before there were roads, people were traveling with their motorcycles across the country. So this really wasn't them jumping into a new market. It's kind of what they've been doing all the time, you know there's a, a big difference between then and now for Harley Davidson, but it was, it was great the way that they worked that together and they brought a lot of great stuff out of the archives to do it. It was a killer release. They actually absolutely killed it with that. So next up in the news and this coming in from BikerNet, our friend banded over BikerNet, Triumph Motorcycles announced new 2022 Bonneville family. Big fan. Big fan of what's going on with Triumph. Triumph Motorcycles' legendary modern classic motorcycle family has been evolved with a host of significant updates across the lineup, including enhanced performance, capacity, and style. From the timeless classic Bonneville T120, T120 Black, and T100 to the stylish and contemporary custom street twin and new street twin gold line limited edition, the laid-back Bonneville... Boy, you could get in trouble if you say that real yeah, fast. You're not the laid-back Bonneville Speedmaster Cruiser and pure custom Bonneville Bobber, each one has been beautifully evolved. Like I said, get over to uh, to Triumph.com, check them out. A lot of I the like stuff... I like the second one from the right. You know, between between this company and the stuff that um, that Royal Enfield Royal is Enfield. doing, it's yeah. it seems like it seems like these import bikes are really, really starting to get a an idea of what's going on. Well, you think yeah, maybe- they are. I mean, especially when you consider Royal Enfield, you know, stepping up and working with S and S and yeah. you know, Royal and I'm sorry, yeah, Royal Enfield and um going at the flat track and they're all really coming out with a huge presence. Do you think maybe they're smelling the blood in the water from Harley or I just think everybody's trying to you know, we're 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 past the point now where it's a question of, you know, whether or not you need to in the motorcycle community, yeah. whether you need to reach out to the youth demographic, it's it's now become like you absolutely must. So a lot of these companies are really starting to key on that. So let's uh, let's put the news on hold for a little bit. Um, 
we got some great stuff. I think we're going to go to our, our first guest of the evening. And it's it's hard for me to talk about a cat that has so much going on because this dude gives me a run for the money. And he's actually young enough to outrun me now. And that pisses me off because <laughs> I used to run like this. But uh, we're going to hurry up and get him on the line. And you guys can help us help us welcome Jace to the show. Jace, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Dude, we've been waiting for it seems like forever to get you on the show. And yeah, it's all good. I've been I've been just chilling, waiting. You know, waiting my turn. <laughs> yeah, you've been waiting. It's pa- it's hard to pin waiting. you down. It's hard to pin you down. Like I said, you know, a couple seconds ago, there, it, it pisses me off that there's actually someone in the world that runs faster and harder than I do. Well, I wouldn't say that I do it harder or faster. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to carve my little slice of the motorcycle uh, lifestyle, if you will, and um, you know do what opportunities come my way. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's it's definitely more than that. I mean, with with everything you do, from the the artwork, the photography, the you know the media that you're putting out, the 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 travels that you do to go after this stuff, I think that there's got to be more than looking for a, a piece of that world. You're you're on the same kind of quest that a lot of us are on. That that passion is driving you to it. Yeah, uh, man. To be honest with you, uh, I've been in the motorcycle uh, industry for almost uh, coming up on like 18 years now. Right. Um, and that I've seen a lot of the things kind of come and go and and kind of evolve and you know into these next scenes. And I've also birthed or uh, witnessed the birth of social media taking over the motorcycle industry and the way information has been kind of given to the 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 enthusiast if you will and so i I just feel like i was kind of born at a good time to basically have experience or have a foot in the actual pre-internet motorcycle industry and now in the actual internet related motorcycle industry so um i don't know it's uh i like to look at like i just started painting and then the next door opened and i went through it and that was you know, maybe wrenching on bikes a little bit here and there. And then the next door opened and it was like a podcast and then it was photography and it's all kind of related to the same subject. It's just different doors within the actual motorcycles themselves. Well, let's, let's back up for a minute for those of our viewers that aren't familiar with you and and don't know everything that we're talking about. So Jace Hudson, um, you know, fast life garage, let's start with that. Let's start with where you come into this. Actually, let's even go back to, to where you start in with motorcycles and let's go through your story a little bit to set a baseline. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually started wet sanding. I, I got the entry level position at a famous motorcycle paint shop here in Dallas called other side customs. Uh, Gary is the actual owner the, the guy that I kind of looked up to, to get on this level. And he was doing all the paint work for Rick Ferris and still does to this day. Wow. And uh, I remember wet sanding the the Discovery Channel biker build offs and and all that crazy stuff. And that was my entry level to the motorcycle paint world and uh, actually the motorcycle industry as a whole. And uh, I fell in love with it, man. Like I I couldn't afford choppers or Harleys at the time, so I was a sport bike guy. But you know, I I kind of just ran with that. You know what I mean? I was a part of a lot of different things here in Dallas doing sport bike stuff. We started building uh, air quotes there. Uh, customizing sport bikes and and i kind of got known for that i was in a couple magazines for it and then naturally um 
Harley started to speak to me a lot differently, uh, mainly right before the big wheel thing kind of kicked in. And uh, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say now, but at the same time, like early in the industry, the big wheel thing was, you know, huge for a lot of us to kind of run our businesses off of, whether it was paint or selling parts or customizing bikes. So um, it was a necessity for some of us to kind of be able to weather that era, if you will, into these other areas where bikes are becoming much more fun to ride and not just look at now. You know, um, I have to say something about that real quick, though, you know, because I know for a lot of a lot of the traditionalists that that time in this was really hard to go through. But one thing I always respected about that, the crew that came through and came into this with the with the big wheel bagger era absolutely had their own culture entirely you know and that's something like when we were back in the days of limpniki lot we were fighting to get our culture accepted which was you know heavy metal music and we were our our bikes were different you know the way we dressed was different and everybody wanted the same culture that was always around the the v-twin motorcycle scene but to watch by the time the big wheel bagger thing came through, it was all about a completely different culture. And it wasn't like you were trying to share anybody else's shit. Everybody, everybody in that thing had their own yeah, corner, their own style, their own yeah. culture that came with it, man. And I always had mad respect for that. Cause you weren't trying to copy other people's shit. Yeah. Well on that note, man, like that's one of the things that I think a lot of us kind of get a little bit tribal when it comes to talking about different bike scenes is, you know, we all love what we're currently into, and some of the some of us are lucky to be in that for 30, 40 years. Some of us find that bike style or that bike scene to kind of come and go, like a lot of the big wolf bagger stuff did. But, you know, to your point, man, um, it spoke to me because that was my customer base at the time. Like I, the 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 big fat tire sport bikes evolved into the big tire baggers with stereos. On yeah. Them. So that was where my customer base went. And just just uh, just trying to chase the money, I was also at the time starting to fall in love with traveling on bikes right when I built my first big wheel. And um, something I talk about a lot on the podcast is that I, I traveled the entire country for the most part on my 26 inch road glide. And uh, I just never felt connected with the guys at the actual bike shows like your baddest bagger shows and, and that stuff. I always never wanted to wash the bugs off my fairing or stuff like that because I felt like I, I wanted to stand out, but you know, I didn't have the money to build a 30 inch turbo Chrome bike that dances and does all kinds of crazy shit. I just had enough to make a good, good looking bike that I did myself and then ride it across country. Yep. And I wanted to be respected or not, not so much be respected, but I just wanted that to be what I brought to the table. And, um, and it, you know, I'm, I made a lot of good friends out of it not that I'm still friends with to this day, but it was, you know, it was just a kind of a different era of motorcycles where I felt like most of the people, and I, I'm generalizing, so I apologize to anybody. It's just a generalized uh, statement here, but I felt like a lot of the people in the custom big wheel bagger thing was doing it to show off their wallet size. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of those dudes rode, and I'm not taking that away from anybody, but, um, you know, a lot of it was just kind of a uh, was a shit show, to be honest with you. And uh, I felt out of love with motorcycles because of it. And it was because of the people and the toxicity that came with motorcycle shows and dudes getting mad because their big wheel or their stereo didn't win the stereo competition. And then I fell in love with FXRs, man. So I feel lucky that I didn't experience FXRs when I was younger. I got to rediscover them all again as an adult. And uh, it was kind of cool to ride an FXR for the first time, and that changed my life, man. You know, here's the people the, I met. Here, here's here's the funny thing about that though the the exact 
string of details that you just talked about, we went through that same thing with choppers. Yep. Exactly the same yeah. thing. Because guys came in and they made they made choppers so completely unaffordable and so untouchable yep. and they made it into something else completely from what we started with because we started it was it was the same thing like you put a cool bike together to go raise hell with your buddies and have a good time and all of a sudden like we felt like that whole thing was just taken away from us it was taken to another place that we couldn't even reach yeah it was almost like they were trying to do it to prove a point yeah not to build a bike or not to be a part of a group but the you know what? You know, like a measuring contest. Like it isn't a measuring contest. It, you know, it's a lifestyle. And like you said before, you know, you came into this lifestyle. And we say it all the time. A lot of times, you don't come into this lifestyle. It comes into you. You sort of get. Yeah. You sort of get sucked yeah. into it, and you don't have a choice. I mean, you just it comes out of you, and you know, obviously it's you're doing a freaking amazing job. So, but yeah, to to see those guys build those bikes solely. To make a statement for themselves is almost depressing. You know, it takes away from it. Yeah. Well, to, to wrap that up, though, like, or to kind of bring that full circle, I still to this day um, fully support a couple of shops that still build really badass big wheels that I've actually had on my podcast that, yeah. um, that I find like like your, your Covingtons, you know, Dave and Jerry still build to my, in my opinion, some of the most pristine, nicest big wheel baggers. I think they're doing more fat tire baggers now than big wheels, but they're they're just their their quality is just spot on. And same thing with like I would say like DA Performance does some badass stuff. There's still guys out there that actually build real quality, nice stuff that is still rideable. It's it's probably not as rideable as an FXR or a, a, a souped up Dyna Dyna Performance bagger, but for that type of bike, it's definitely you know you're getting your money's worth with those guys. And so. I try to I try to still support that side of the industry because it has so much to do with where I came from, personally, you know. But I I love riding motorcycles more than I like painting them. So yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you know the thing is, like I I try to you know I go through my whole motorcycle career and I try things and then I find the thing that sticks and, and speaks to me the most and uh. You know, when I rode sport bikes, you know, I tried to do the wheelie thing, um, never really quite got into that. I tried to do the drag racing thing, never quite could afford that. I did the custom bike thing, and that was something that I was able to excel in and enjoy, plus make money doing it. And that transferred over into the big wheel baggers. But then I got bored with it, and once I started traveling on my bagger, that completely changed my perception of motorcycles, and it changed the direction of a lot of my entire life, of where I wanted to push myself and inspire others to do as well which i hate using that word inspire but you know it's just something that like i found something in my you know 30 30s basically that really spoke to me and made me feel like okay i figured out what i want to do with my life you know what i mean yeah. where i want to what Amen. kind of biking motorcycling do i want to do as long as my body will allow it you know what i'm saying so you you would say and through that that um you know these guys are building really cool bag or big wheel bikes and big wheel baggers the whole night i don't think a lot of times it's the builder that got that sort of direction of bike uh uh shitty uh sort of outlook from other people it was the rider sometimes it was the personification of that person that was you know the builders were doing amazing jobs i mean they were you know they might not be my thing but some of them were cool as shit you know i mean it's not that they were building a bad bike it's the attitude of the dude that got off of it half the time they gave you a bad taste in your mouth on those bikes so well that sounds yeah, like you got some point, issues though, <laughs> yeah 
I'm a little more uh, stand. I'm a little bit more uh, blunt. I, I try to tell a lot of the shops, and maybe this comes off super the wrong way, but I think it's up to us as as industry practitioners, if you will, if that's the right word. Like guys like us, that, that whether it provides services, whether it's paint, media, or building bikes or parts, like I think it's our responsibility to kind of steer this industry in a in a direction that we know from our past scenes that didn't work too well into things that do work and may actually give you a better uh better experience riding motorcycles you know like i want to see people buy a motorcycle and do this for their entire life instead of have bad experience after bad experience whether it's building shops or just going to uh, rallies or events that are lame you know what i mean so i think it's up to us as industry people to uh kind of push those narratives since we have experience in motorcycles to kind of weed out the bullshit and give our motorcycle scene a better everything shop. You know, sometimes I, everything, sometimes I feel like that. And sometimes I almost want to go back to the times when they would switch the sign on the door to closed and the no vacancy sign would come on just sometimes, you know, it, it depends, it depends on the day day that you catch me. (laughs) If it came back to that in a lot of senses, a lot of people wouldn't make it through this industry. I mean, a lot of people don't know what it was like to, to be shunned when you pulled up on a bike or to ride down the road and have the cop whip out and follow you solely because they were questioned or to get, you know, which I know me and Chris, it's happened multiple times, pulled over and tattoos, take pictures of what club are you with? Where are you going? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, now people are trying to do it, dressing to try and get that to happen to them. And, and that's not, like you said, that's not how it should be. It should be the experience. It should be the what you gain from it. Well, you know, we got a couple. We got a couple great comments up here too from guys. Well, first of all, Rob Nussbaum says, "Lighten up, Francis." Um, Eric says, "Love my five trips across the country. Unable to ride anymore because of serious back issues. You got to grab a buddy or go solo. No regrets." Ideal stereo. I don't. I don't give a f what you ride as long as you actually ride. Just don't be a dick about it. Chris, no, I seen choppers I couldn't ride exceed every expectation. Amen. Donnie Hill, coolest thing about FXR is not the bikes, it's the FXR community. There you go. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, with what we've been, you know, doing with performance baggers, which I hate using that word. I've actually, it's been a hot topic lately, but we have to find a new word for it because it just isn't working. (laughs) But just for the sake of everybody understand what I'm talking about, that's kind of what we have with this performance bagger community right now is the same thing that I experienced with the FXR community. And um, it's really great right now. And it's still a very young inception, if you will, of a, of a era of bikes or a scene, if you will, Uh, even though everybody's claiming they've always been doing performance baggers, shit's new. So, (laughs) uh, but the problem is, is that like, it's not really a problem. It's just like it's uh, we're trying to kind of steer it in a great direction and and keep the bullshit from coming in and and uh, you know I don't know. It's probably not my responsibility or my uh, it is. place I should be yeah. trying to do. No, it, it is. But. It's 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 just like you said. It's all of our responsibilities. You know, especially like guys like you, guys like me and Mark. Like as as we start to as we start to get achieve a tenure in this industry. The things that you do, how you represent yourself, that's, it is, you are inspiring other people. Other people are watching what you're doing, especially when you're involved yeah. in media. You know, it is your yeah. responsibility. Yeah, you have to kind of, uh, you know, you know, as far as our podcast and, the, and I guess the media side of things, you know, I need to ride across the country and I need to go sit in these shops or bring these shops to my studio or do photography or paint bikes. Like it gives me something to talk about. 
and be more, what do you call, um, more relative to, to the listeners so they'll have something to hear from me. I mean, my show is much different than, I guess, you guys' show with all the news and stuff you do. We kind of just do the shit talking, <laughs> you know, like don't quote any anything we say on our show, but it's just a good time, you know what I mean? And and we try to do it. I, I have to do all these things. I have to ride across country multiple times to events to, to uh, be able to share those experiences with the listeners and kind of hopefully inspire, there's that word again, them to jump on their bike and ride across country or to ride to the next town over or something more than the local bar, you know, mm-hmm. just get a real experience out of motorcycles instead of just the, you know, the weekend hoppers, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you ride bikes, you see what you do, but you know, if you're looking for something else in bikes, I'm trying to provide that a couple of answers to that question. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the, that's the crux of it too. I mean, part of the reason why we have the ability to throw all this shit in the truck and hit the road with it is the real stories are out there. You know, I mean, you got a lot of great stories from inside your own house, inside your own garage, in your own neighborhood. But the real stories, you you gotta you gotta chase them all over this country. Yeah, you got a couple podcasts of good stories, and then you got to get new ones. Yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) So you got to go out there. You have to continue to have experiences, to have things to fill the 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 void of the of you know an hour to two hour podcast. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the consistency of doing things is um it's tough to kind of manage doing four to five episodes of a podcast a month to also painting bikes, to traveling the country on a bike. I mean, trust me, my wife and, uh, we go at it, you know what I mean? But I have the energy right now and, uh, and, and I have the eyes on me. So I'm trying to make something out of this and, uh, hopefully it'll, like I was saying about the doors with the, uh, opportunities, it'll, something else will come along that I can kind of, you know, put my stamp on as well. That's kind of how photography came into the mix. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know, man. It's just going through the well, doors. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about the podcast. So, what when was when was it that your podcast got started? Because I was reading uh, pre-show, I was reading that in January of two thousand eighteen was your was your first podcast. But it seems like it was it was longer than that. No, uh, that was actually it. So, huh. uh, to give credit where it's due, uh, my good buddy Danger Dan brought me on his podcast, The Dangers Dan. You know him. Dan, Uh a talk shop. Uh, He brought me on and that kind of introduced me to podcasts in 2017. And uh, for most of the people that listen to me, they know that I can talk way too much. Uh, That's where all my friends said, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And eventually I did. And um, being a part of the industry, uh, the motorcycle industry, it allowed me to have some pretty high profile guests on early on, even though I don't think I was anywhere near ready to actually do a podcast yet as far as like understand how to navigate a conversation or any of that type of stuff. But, you know, early, our first podcast was Simpson motorcycle helmets. And then, then, you know, five podcasts later, we're sitting down with Dixon flannel. So we have, we, we were able to have a huge amount of like big brands talking about how they started and where they came from early on. And I think that gave me a little bit more of a, uh, of a, of a jump in listenership and allowed me to continue doing it for the last three years we just celebrated our third year anniversary in january so um it's it's a good it's a good run man but it's a scary platform you know if you don't talk for a living like i didn't (laughs) and still struggle with you know work on our ums and eyes 
and likes. <laughs> oh, no shit, right? And then yeah. it isn't isn't it the funniest thing too because we we reproduce some of these shows into into podcast form and it's it's funny how different the audience is. Like a podcast audi- audience has very very specific <laughs> consumption rules. Yeah. I mean, they have they have rules about audio, they have rules about format like it's and they will tell you about it. I mean, you, you got a comment section right there for you give anybody a comment section, you're going to get the opinions, man. Yep. I, I've seen some over there that are pretty funny, but um, <laughs> that's the know, cool part things. about them to know what other people are yeah, thinking that, while you're saying, hey, you know what I love the best is when we get like every once in a while, we'll get that one drunk guy that's like just <laughs> shit faced in the bag and like he's making comments on shit that happened three weeks ago and no one has an idea what he's talking about and like. You sit there watching it. It's like watching a pot boil over. It's like, here it comes, here it comes. Poof. <laughs> it's the best shit. Yeah, man. So yeah. tell us about, I want to know, I want to know about your most terrifying time in the middle of a, in the middle of a production, in the middle of a podcast, because I know in doing interviews, like sometimes there's that dark turn that shit takes that you're like, oh boy, where is this going? Well, it usually it happens quite often with my podcast. It's usually after I finish the first twelve pack. That's when shit gets a little bit where I need to be cut off. And uh, it, you know, when we were going last year was a tough one because there was a lot of dark times in in America. You know, when there, whether it was with the the riots, the the whole pandemic itself. Like, you know, it's hard not to get super opinion about uh, opinionated about what's going on in current events. Right. And it's hard to stay on track of like, look, this is a podcast about motorcycles, not my thoughts on, you know, tearing down statues and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to stay that off, but after you get a lot of beers in you, you know what I mean? You're just like, <laughs> here's my take on this. This is my take on, you know, what's going on in Syria right now. Like, all right, man, they didn't sign up for that and they didn't ask for it. And that's where you, I have a hard time doing that sometimes. Well, I've gotten better at it, but you know, trying to be coherent of that, that part of my personality that comes out because I'm still absorbing all this news from the world. Yeah. And uh, trying not to spew it out on a, on a podcast about motorcycles, you know, that that becomes tough sometimes. <laughs> it's it's really hard too because uh, you know as as much as as much as you want your your media thing to remain neutral and you want it to be for everybody, you're still a person. Yep. You know, and in, inside of you, you still have your your beliefs and your values and your principles, and people will set you up for that shit. Like, people come up with yeah. triggers, man, that it's like, sometimes my leg's shaking underneath this, this, the table in the studio, like, God, please don't. Please don't talk about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, uh, as far as, like, with guests, like, I've had, you know, with any guests, you, you sometimes deal with guys that are very quiet. They just don't want to come out of their comfort zone and elaborate on their uh, their experiences or their life or whatever we're trying to talk about. So, you know, I always jokingly try to say is like, all right, so you got a chance to talk about your entire life, your motorcycle career, everything that's going on, and you wrap that up in 15 minutes. All right, man. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be more to the story, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Um but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's one of those things like you have to find a way and you do you learn this over time of talking with people. You find things within what they're saying to kind of grasp to because, you know, they're a little bit passionate about it and you can pull out a real conversation out of that. And uh, that's um, early on. I didn't understand that. And I've learned that over time to where I can continue a conversation for at least an hour with somebody that doesn't really want to talk. You know what yes, I mean? Some people so. can be super difficult to have an interview with. And then. 
you know, like we just we just had one here recently that we're like, oh god, this interview is going to suck, and it's going to be really hard to plot, and like totally blew us away. Yeah. Like the dude was <laughs> yeah. like totally badass, you know. So it's it's yeah. Pe- we we basically said so. Tell us a little bit, and boom, that was it. Yeah, it was gone. Yeah, it, it's hard though, like to navigate that uh, being for you know a guy like you or a guy like Chris to sit in that chair and have to be literally the pilot and try and pull the information out of it is really difficult. I mean, otherwise, I'm saying like, dude, you're boring. You know, like you almost <laughs> just want to say like, all right, we got to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, there you go. I've always said that the the most for for a host of a podcast. Anytime it's a bad podcast, I honestly think that relies that that ends up being our fault. You know what I mean? Because we have to be able to see these type of social cues within people and know how to bring it out. And yeah. so when I had bad podcasts in the time, I don't really blame it on the, the the guest because I did a bad job, you know, pulling that information out of him. You know what I mean? And it's a lot easier to blame myself and, and make myself become better at it than to blame it on him. And then uh, and then you know just continue down the road doing bad interviews. You know what I mean? Okay, you're actually too good of a human being. I'm really starting to dislike you now. <laughs> I was hoping at least after all your credits, your paint, your across the country, all that, I was hoping you were going to be a dick at least. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a dick. You just I have a Patreon for that. So, <laughs> so how many how many episodes of the podcast have you have you acquired at this point? We have 189 episodes that are right out on. on on all podca- podcast platforms. Dude, that's uh, a pile of 10. work. Yeah, there's about 10 that never got released because of my dumbass. And then uh, we have about probably five or six on our Patreon that we just recently started doing uh, as just like Patreon-only episodes. So, um, yeah, we got, we've got we done quite a bit. But like I said, as soon as we started the podcast, we picked up sponsors quickly. And, um, you know, once I got paid, you know, which, let me be, be real clear, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was still uh, – a. I got paid, period. Whether it was twenty bucks or two hundred dollars, I got paid, so I had to provide right. those episodes that I got paid for. <laughs> yeah, getting paid in this is getting paid. Don't you don't even have to yeah. talk about the amount. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, but getting paid, period, period, is just like if I got paid to you know airbrush a helmet or or paint a bike. It's like I have to provide what these people are paying me for. So that was one of the one of the hardest things i think people have to deal with when they try to start a podcast is is doing it every month in consistency i spent about 6 months questioning whether or not it was worth my time whether i was yeah. any fucking good or whatever you know but you know i guess i had enough people like my mom out there telling me like you're great honey keep doing it and so i kept at it and then you know i'm still suck at it but i'm getting better you know what i mean so hey listen 25 years later i still have that conversation with myself do i suck what am i doing and generally mark comes in right behind he goes yeah you suck and you should quit (laughs) staples is looking for a stock boy awesome (laughs) so let's uh let's go over to your site for a second tell everybody to make sure that they um they check you out uh heather put the link up for fastlifegarage.com um your patreon is there the information about your your podcast through uh, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Make sure you check this stuff out. Um, I wanted to I make... literally started... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I literally started this website just because I had to have one for the podcast. So there's nothing else on it. It's just a homepage, basically. <laughs> no, but that's uh, great. That's great. But I, w- I want people to go... I want people to go and... and get that information, go check out the work that you're doing. And I wanted to say all that before we move into the next phase of, of awesome shit that you do and start talking about your pain a little bit. 
So I had up that picture of uh, of Dimebag on the helmet, and dude, mm-hmm. that kills me that that's not my helmet, first of all. <laughs> but, like, you know, the expression and the depth and, like, it, that's – that's so badass. That's so badass. And the way, you, the way you bring it together, too, with, like, a, a real modern paint job design, like, it's not just a, you know, a 70s kind of airbrush theme. Really comes together nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was in. Well, uh, you know. I, I ran to pick up some stuff in town on a Saturday morning and rode through. We, we were friends with them, actually. Spent some, got spent some good time with those guys and had a last crazy evening we spent with him i drove down that strip and when chris popped that picture up i was like oh dude dude i was just thinking about those guys for anybody that ever spent any time with them to tell you to tell you that like spent time if you know about the nerf dartboard (laughs) in the tour bus then you know exactly what we're talking about shit those dudes could party yeah we had some fun with them they're good good guys (laughs) so that helmet's awesome what was what was your like your your making it commission for paint like what was what was the thing the job that you got that was like man i've had about a a ton of those over the career because i the way i i have always tried to progress myself artistically with paint is to set goals for myself like okay well once i get in a magazine man like my career is going to blow up it never did but it gave me like enough of uh, that fluff that i needed to push myself to the next level and um, one thing I used to do before I was like really just hardcore dedicated to motorcycles, I used to do a lot of lowrider paint jobs back in the late 2000s. Wow, no shit. And uh, I worked with a, a company that um, that basically put on shows here, and he still does this day, um, Torres Empire, a big lowrider guy. He's one. Of, he's kind of the guy I try to model myself after for what he's done to the lowrider culture or done for the lowrider culture is what I would hopefully at some point like to provide for the motorcycle culture. But I used to go to the, his car shows, which would also have concerts in it, and I would paint live there. Like I would do it like a canvas and shit. And um, the goal was, okay, I can paint a skull or a hot chick, and that would be appealing to half the people walking by. But if I was to paint something, somebody that somebody knows, whether it's an actor or a singer or somebody famous, more people will stop because they know what it's supposed to look like, right? And yeah. so if I look like I'm doing a good job, they're going to automatically assume that I'm good at what I do. You know what I mean? And um, when it came to uh, painting bikes, man, like I, I struggled getting my quality up to the, up to where it needed to be to, to match my ability with, with graphics and, and painting or airbrushing. But it was probably like the last five or six years that I really started to push myself to a really uh, higher level of painting, if you will. And um, with the helmet thing, I never thought that I would, be a helmet guy over a badass motorcycle painter or whatever you want to you know throw out there um but when i started doing helmets i was able to kind of do as badass of a job as i can do and not look at a wall full of other parts that have to match you know what i mean yeah like you're doing a bagger you could do this badass thing on a tank and then you look over there and you go, fuck, I got 14 more pieces. To <laughs> I just said you know? that today. Yep. Yeah. So the helmet thing allowed me to, to kind of do it, it. It allowed me to do three things, right? It allowed me to immoralize, if that's the right word, my experiences on a motorcycle every year. So I do a new helmet for myself every year. It's kind of hard to see, but I have about seven helmets behind me. 
And I do a new helmet for myself every year. And that is like my whole 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, it's, it's my urn for those memories, right? Yeah. And um, by doing that and selling it that way and pushing it to people that way, I get the same thing from a lot of customers around the world now who send me a helmet or they don't send them. They'll buy a helmet from me. I'll paint it. I'll do the airbrush. I'll do something. Maybe their, their father, like the, the, the dog you just put up there, like that was a buddy. His dog just passed away actually yesterday, I believe. Oh. And uh, we were able to get a helmet done with his puppy uh, or his dog. I, don't, I guess it wasn't a puppy anymore uh, recently. So it's just dope to be able to provide that for somebody. So these helmets, man, they yeah, need something. Yeah, dude, that's like, so awesome. You know? And so like one thing I've always noticed about being in this industry, and it, it, I'm going to try to say this without sounding like a complete dick, but. I don't like being a material possession for some for a customer. I don't like my work to just be another material possession. I want it to be sought after because they want my style, my art, my my shit. Because I spend so much of my life designing these paint jobs or doing these paint jobs that I don't want it to just be like the next thing you needed to make your bike cool. You know, like I want people to actually be like fuck man, like I got a, a fast like paint job. This means so much to me. Yeah. You know. And it, it's taken time to get there, and uh, I've had to weed out a lot of different types of customers that I just didn't vibe with. But now, I, now I feel like I have like the best customers in the world that get me, and I get them, and we do great work together. You know what I mean? So, dude, that that portrait, that portrait is insane. Thank you. Insane. The detail. The funny thing is, I I, I don't even want to airbrush anymore. I actually hate doing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a uh, airbrushing itself is a uh, very I don't get to do it every day. I, I think you guys know of guys like Steve Gibson. Uh, yeah, he's Jesus. air, oil, and lead. That Man, dude, Steve isn't. Steve like, is. A, he's yeah. from another planet. I mean, let's be it's, serious. Exactly. Let's be serious. From nobody. Nobody. Nobody does work like that on planet Earth. What's wrong with that exactly. cat? <laughs> <laughs> but he loves art in that one form. Not necessarily that one form. Cause he does oil. He does many different types of art. But he. When he gets free time, he paints. When I get free yeah. time, I drink beer with my buddies and go ride, right? <laughs> so I I just, I can't progress. Can I get an A, it, man? <laughs> I can't progress as quickly as uh, as I'm used to whenever I was younger, when I was super hungry for art and becoming better at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it becomes like a real big emotional roller coaster every time I start a portrait, whether or not it's going to come out as good as I think I'm capable of. And that really it stresses me the fuck out. Like I'm doing a Marilyn Monroe right now, and uh, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, so well, that's I don't normal. Have the confidence. I mean, that's normal yeah. though. I mean, uh, to to go to that because I mean, I know every time we start something, uh, we go through the same thing. I mean, if I think if you went into it like, oh, dude, I'm going to knock this out of the fucking yeah. park, you wouldn't yep. have the finished product you have. You're testing yourself through the whole thing, which makes you yep. even more of an artist than you're giving yourself credit for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. I appreciate that. It's just, a, like I said, it's a tough one, man. You're you're constantly uh, up and down trying to find, you know. Better the yourself. other thing that sucks about doing airbrush like this is that they didn't make digital cameras to like 2000, right? <laughs> So, and I imagine every tattoo artist out there hates this too when they do portraits. It's like, yeah. there's so many badass movies, you know, all from from pop culture to music, which I think is the same thing. Uh, just so many famous people of the times that you would want to, you know, immortalize on a helmet and it, finding good images to kind of find the detail for me to recreate yep. is tough. That's why, why I brought up Steve Gibson, because I feel like he's one of the, 
few artists out there that can create what isn't there. You know what I mean? And still give yeah, you a look no of, of, uh, of like this. If I don't see the images, like if I don't see the shadows between the nose and the cheek, like it ain't going to be there when I paint it. And it's not going to look like whoever the, the hell I'm trying to make it look like. You know what I mean? So it's a tough one, man. But like I said, I, I it's it sucks when you that's like what everybody wants for you. So you got to you got to do it every week. Now this, part, so. I, I recognize this paint job a little bit. What's up? Yeah, it should what's, be it should be coming out soon. <laughs> what's going on there? Yeah. So yeah, that's, the the yeah. paint the paint works incredible. I mean, you know, you're in, you're another one. You wonder how you when you get a chance to sleep. You know how you shut enough off to to lay your head down at night because, you know, as I'm looking through your pictures, it's it's a shame that people can't see everything that I'm flipping through because, it also looks like you have a full time schedule going after this life right here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, man. That's that's badass. Yeah, and that's one of my good buddies right there. You know, I've uh, I think we were on Pike's Peak right there. Um, that's that man riding like that going to these trips uh man i can't tell you how much it it means to me especially to share it with my friends and um it's just one of those things that obviously we don't get paid to ride across the country man and so i have to use all my vacation time that i give myself to go do amazing things with people and i I wish i could do more that with my wife but she doesn't really want to jump on the bike for a five thousand mile motorcycle trip and i completely understand so we usually just would fly her to wherever we're going to go and be for a couple of days but man uh, having real dudes like that like I've, I've been fortunate enough to find these guys in my life that um that just make my bike trips man like you know for instance this picture right here like we've been chasing all the forrest gump spots in america yeah. that he ran you know what i mean and we're actually doing a trip in June all the way up to the lighthouse in Maine to do the same photo again. Right. So, uh, it's just, man, it's, it's awesome. And you know, one thing that about us, like I'm, I'm 38. Uh, most of the guys that I ride with are in their thirties and you know, it's not, it, it's not set in stone that we're going to be able to do this for the next 20 or 30 years. And so, you know, one right, of the concepts, man. yeah, one of the concepts about my whole brand is, you know, the fast life. It used to be called live fast, but you know, I had to change it for some reasons, but, Fast life is, you know, all about doing this now while you have time and just living it, doing it and keeping it going. Because one day you might, we, we ride a motorcycle, man. Like not every day's promised to us more than the next person, you know? And hey, so, you know what? I'll tell you something else to think about, baby, from two guys here that were just 38 two minutes ago. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> Chris yeah. actually today sat in the garage on the chair and said, man, for I'm a, I'm a couple good years older than Chris. And he said, I just don't have it. He said, "I'm again." He said, "It's coming, coming fast." And I've been telling him for seven years, dude. I'm, I'm done. I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. I can't go. You know, we did twenty-hour days, like no shit, for oh. years yeah. on end, and then just like you guys do, yeah, yeah. You know and, I mean? and like you wake up one day and you're like, "Fuck, I'm done." Yeah, somebody just lets yeah. part of the air out of your tire, yeah. and you're like, it, "And it's depressing. Why is this thing not rolling like it should be?" <laughs> it, it's super, super depressing. Yeah. And I'll tell you, there's another thing. In you know, you're saying in fast life that's not something to gain out of fast life is keep that keep that in mind because you're going to get to a time you're going to sit down and be like dude I, I don't know if i can do any more of it you know and and respect what you did do but that's it dude that that's what you got to appreciate too yeah is like the stuff that you're doing now you keep talking about how you're immortalizing this you're immortalizing that 
someday, and this is this is how I always look at it. I have a shelf full of magazines, books full of pictures, computers yeah. full of stuff that someday when I can't physically leave this room, I'm going to live all that shit over again. Yeah. And so many people, yeah. you don't even realize this. So many people are doing that right now that they have that nine to five grind. They're taking care of kids and doing all that shit. They're watching everything that guys like you are doing because they can't get out there and do it. Yeah. Man. You're doing it for them. You yeah. know, I saved yeah, a lot of, I'm I saved a lot of crap over the years, you know, just from traveling racing, did a lot of racing. And when my shop burnt, I lost it all. I mean, everything, all the pictures, all the memorabilia and stuff. And that was super sad. But again, you know, the magazine was one thing that was really cool. And, your podcast and these pictures and all that stuff that you're doing you can't take that away from what you have in your head so you know it's a, yeah it's, for sure and and um you know we started uh uh i think three years ago as well we started our fast life camp out which we do every year at uh you guys know adam sandoval you, yeah i'm sure you ran into him yep. he has a campground in oklahoma that's a biker campground and we do a we've been doing a, a camp out there for the last three years and you know, it, it's not, I make zero dollars off of it. We just put it on and we try to get people to uh, travel the country on their bikes, maybe with their buddies. Or if you're from a part of the country that you don't have a lot of homies to ride with, come make some. And yeah. this little camp out group that's also kind of coincided with the performance bagger movement, if you will, has turned into this like nationwide group of friends and homies. You know what I mean? That, that like, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to see, you know what I mean? And, and it, it's just a camp. It's just, riding a bike across the country and sleeping on the dirt and getting fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's simple grassroots motorcycle stuff that, you know, when people actually do that, they, they realize what motorcycles is really about. It's yeah. not necessarily about all the, uh, the, you know, the, the purse and the prize at the show and the, who's going to be there. If no, they're going to be there, then I definitely want to be there. It's like, man, just motorcycle experiences, man. Not that you can't have a great time in Daytona, but I think you can have a great time when you're around a lot of people that are stoked to see you. You know what I mean? And there's there's a whole other time. Like, you know, I've been out on the Alaskan Highway completely by myself. Was so tired, I didn't even know what day it was anymore because the, the sun stops going down. You know, it just gets different. It's a yeah. little bit afternoon, a little bit morning. And that that clarity of being completely alone in the universe, like, there's nothing like that. There's no – and it's, it's motorcycling that took me there. You know, it kind of tricked me into mm-hmm. it. But it found me to the the doorsteps of a metaphysical connection to something that's it's way beyond buying shit or you know having an ego and a dick measuring contest. Yeah, and you know, like, man, the the campouts, dude. It's just it's just a simple thing that we were able to put our 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 name on only to you know since our our Instagram and stuff has a little bit of a following, we only try to put our name on things to try to get attention to it so that people will come and check it out, and. um you know, like I said, it's it's something that I found late in my life as far as camping and, and sleeping in the dirt with your buddies. But it's humbled me, I think, maybe. I don't know. I, I like it. It's fun. But I also like hotels, too. But, you know, there's something to be said about once you've been riding all day with your buddies and you stop and you camp somewhere, you know, it's uh, you're still talking around a fire about that day. If you, yeah. you all go get a hotel room, then you all kind of, you know, retire to your rooms and the, the night's over. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like I said about my drinking and on the podcast, it's like sometimes I don't want the party to end. You know what I mean? So, well, dude, I'll tell you what. There's there's so much more to talk about with you. I wanna I wanna actually come back after Daytona. I wanna have mm-hmm. you come on again so we can talk a little bit more about some of your other stuff. 
and we'll yeah. get into the we'll get into the camp out a little bit more and and some of that maybe we can bring a whole whole other aspect of this with you because it's sure. it's too much to do in this in the short time that we have tonight but i i super super appreciate you making time and coming on with us man i appreciate you guys man i'm i'm a huge fan of the magazine always have been and i want to thank you for doing my podcast a couple of years ago yeah man and um you know, like I said, it's just, and I'll thank you guys for having one of my photos in your magazine as Mr. John Jessup. Um, yeah, man, you we guys actually need to shit. do an artist profile on you, Jason. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't done one yet. So, um, Killer will be reaching out for that within the next, you know, week. There's a lot so. of rad people in this, in this, in, 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 the, in the United States alone. There's a lot of talented people, badass people. And it's uh, not saying that I am, but I'm just saying no, it. No, you absolutely are. You know, it's it's hard to know everybody and know what everybody's doing in every crack of the country. You know what I mean? Well, and I do. So. We've been we've been fans of your work for for yeah. quite a long time here. You know, it's just it's like you said, just like you know when, when you're talking about making your trip up the the west coast here and picking up so many of those guys in a row. Like sometimes it's just different circles, you know, and you end up with so much yeah. so much media, so much information, and you got to funnel through it. It's it, it's a shame that it's tough. Yeah. It's a shame there's no yeah. more time to do more. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, guys, thank you so much for bringing me on. Like, it's a it's a true honor, and I hope that uh, let's do some more shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's get yeah. you back in a mm-hmm. let's get you back in a few weeks after Daytona, and we'll go after this. Cool, well, I appreciate it, guys. All right, Jace Hudson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go check him out. Like I said, there's we put links up, but Heather will f- throw some up some more uh, here in a minute. Fast Life Garage. You want to go to their Instagram, Fast Life Jace. Um, fast life visuals, Instagram.com, the fast life garage. You can go check them out through all of that. You will spend hours checking this dude's workout, the images he collects along his travels and adventures with motorcycles. And, uh, it was a real treat for us to have him on tonight. Hey, this is Chris with cycle source magazine. You are watching shop talk every Sunday, 9 PM Eastern. We go live with an episode of this show. It's uh, 90 to 120 minutes. All the bullshit we can fit. Um, we do some interviews, some tech, some shop talk, you know, talk shit, sit around the shop, you know, the stuff we do. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) for right now, we're going to, uh, we're going to take a two minute break real quick. Um, pay some love to our sponsors. We come back on the other side. We have some builders coming in from the builder breakfast, flying pistons charity event. That's coming up in Daytona. It's going to kick Daytona off. So don't go anywhere. Those guys are on the line. They're waiting to come in and we'll be right back. Jason Hallman, Garageville Podcast, and one of Cycle Source Magazine's tech writers. And right behind me is my Vapor Honing Technologies VH1000 professional grade vapor honing machine. And we're partnering with Vapor Honing Technologies to give one lucky viewer their very own weekend warrior machine to go in their garage. This machine behind me is going to save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on your next project. And if you're a commercial shop owner, it's not only gonna save you hundreds or thousands of dollars, it's gonna make you those hundreds or thousands of dollars. So make sure you stay tuned to Shop Talk to find out all about how you can win and read the new issue of Cycle Source Magazine coming to the newsstand soon, where you can find out all about how we use this on a daily basis here at Cycle Stop USA. Thanks for watching. I guess it was about 1958 or so. I was 13 years old.
A friend had a homemade motor scooter. He let me ride it, and I just was taken by that. There were garage builders everywhere before the pros took over. Uh, especially bikes and hot rods, you had to have friends that did all the different things. There's nothing in a Harley showroom I want, but if you tell me about a box, some boxes in the shed, man, I'll beat you there, you know. And then it was that fun and that personal pride that you, you took a basket case and you made something out of it. You know, any, anybody can go buy one of those, but you gotta build one of these. And that's the difference. Dennis Kirk is really amazing because of so many things. There's a variety of parts, the speed, the ease of ordering. You know, you pick up the phone and just whip out a part number and, and it's in your shop in a day or two. I'm Ed Fish and I'm from Torrenton, Pennsylvania and I'm a Dennis Kirk garage builder. This is Chris with Cycle Source Magazine, Grease and Gears Garage, and we're in the garage today doing some work on the garage. Uh, this is something a lot of you guys will, uh, will understand, and it's caused me to come up with a new name for Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight Tool Company is a great resource, so don't get me wrong when I say this, but because of things like this, I'm considering changing the name to the Down Payment Tool Company because Today we're going to be working on the Harbor Freight Sandblast Cabinet and uh, you can get these for around $200 from Harbor Freight but it's actually not what you're paying for it. You're paying $200 as a down payment for a good Sandblast Cabinet. Once you put about another $400 into it, it'll perform the way that you want it to. So that's what we're going to go through today. Namely, one of the big uh, changes we're going to do right off of the bat is this is the system that comes with your Harbor Freight blast cabinet. It's a traditional pickup tube, so this goes down into the sand. The sand is sucked up from the pressure of the air into the gun. Um, the whole thing ends up being kind of, you know, rough to, to, to move around inside the cabinet. Um, in place of that, and a better system, we're gonna switch over to this metering valve. This will actually go on the trap door on the bottom of the cabinet. It lets you meter in some air so it makes it more efficient. It brings the sand up from the bottom so you don't have to sit there and keep poking the hose the whole time you're sandblasting. Plus it brings the, the hose in from the side. It's, it's gonna be a little nicer um, and supposedly a night and day difference for your cabinet. Uh, we have a dryer from Harbor Freight that we're gonna put on that. Our air delivery system, we decided to go with a little pigtail to make it kind of easier. Um, from the good people at Eastwood, we decided at the same time that we'll put a little uh, foot pedal actuator so that you don't have to sit there, you know, either with air on the whole time or, or working a little a switch or a trigger or anything. Yeah, the whole deal, like I said, 
around $400 or so, depending on what you're going to do. We started off with a uh, cabinet light upgrade, and I'm going to show you guys that real quick. But basically what we did is your standard spotlight kit, we bought one, took one side of it off, you know, little electric box, switch. It's going to run the vacuum cleaner and the whole deal from there. We'll go through this with you guys real quick, and then in the end, um, we'll give Heather's sandblasting cabinet back to her and she can take it for a test drive so come on oh nice but uh so again in the spirit of transparency last night i had uh this collection of hodgepodge washers different sizes to take up the space that i needed here then we can get all this stuff together Very nice. Oh, we are. Nine cent Lowe's bucket. Okay, so now that we have this all together, we're going to take some parts and, uh, and give our sandblast cabinet a try. I got some bars for the flying pistons bike that we're uh we're getting ready to go out the powder coat <clears throat> so we're going to run those through this thing and see um really nice that this cabinet like now especially with the the dust collecting system and the separator and everything you can see as we're using this inside it stays nice and visible our new spotlight has given us more visibility the dust is all getting sucked out of the cabinet which keeps that nice and you know makes makes everything work better one of the nicest things that we found and heather's going to show you this while i'm talking about it but the uh the dust deputy was a very very nice upgrade for low money you can see on the other side of our shelving here we've kind of tucked away our shop vac and the dust deputy system and as this thing is running man it just keeps the visibility so nice it actually works exactly like they say that it does it creates a little cyclone inside the the deputy and the clean air moves on to the the uh, vacuum cleaner and the the sand drops down into the bucket and you can reuse the sand so for the money we spent on that it was absolutely fantastic okay so obviously that's a abbreviated section of that video we wanted to play that for you guys tonight that's what we did in the shop this week you can expect to see that full video starting tomorrow on all of our social media channels if you want to see the particulars about what we used and you know what what each item was and its cost and everything but like i said you know for a 200 hundred dollar cabinet to to put 400 bucks into it after so many years of owning it and right now it's like i went from a a junior level piece of equipment to it absolutely kicks ass so good stuff and that was brought to us i should tell you daniel donnelly actually hit me to that whole sandblast cabinet upgrade and that's in this month's magazine so you want to check that on on newsstands today yeah we were actually getting ready it's not on newsstand yet almost a little early but we were getting ready to throw that cabinet out be, because it was just not working right at all um and we did these upgrades and it's like brand new so Yep. definitely a keeper worth the investment and it saved us like eight hundred dollars so i'm <laughs> super happy about that yeah right on so hey um we've been talking about the flying pistons 
Builders Breakfast that's coming up in Daytona. It's going to be kicking Daytona off. Um, we have been lucky enough, Mark and I, through Flatbroke Chops and Rods, to be part of that this year. Um, Builders Breakfast, if you've never been to one of these in Daytona, man, like the Builders Breakfast in Daytona was legendary. Yeah. Some of, some of my coolest memories of Daytona and people that I met there came out of the Builders Breakfast. So it's always been a blast. It's great to see it coming back. And... They're launching this whole campaign to do uh, um, some good charity work behind this through Flying Pistons. And they've asked right now, you can actually go and put your bids in for not only the electric bikes that have been customized, but for many, many other other items that are going to be there. You can see cool skateboard decks and helmets that have been painted, everything up for bid, all of it going out for a good cause. Um, they take this stuff and uh, turn it into the money that funds a program to bring Stasic bikes to s move on to some of our some of our mini moto builders. I think our first guest up is uh, Mr. Scott Keitzman. Scott, are you there with us? Uh, actually, talking to Marilyn, and she told us she didn't know what was going to go on with you because you had some you had you had an unexpected injury. And yeah, an unexpected and yeah, yeah, this thing here. Oh, yeah, I lost my right arm, so I it's a it's kind of been a, been a, a challenge for the past uh, almost three weeks. Well, I got to tell you though, watching everybody's posts, I'm seeing all of this stuff come to life, and man, it it's simple. It's uh, different than what the other builders are doing. Obviously, uh, um, I, I like to take what the uh, factory gave me and just kind of enhance it a bit. I didn't go too radical. Um, but it's definitely going to have our, yeah, me too. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, about your shop, where you're from and everything. Well, um, I'm a small shop here in South Florida. I've uh, been in the business since 05. Um, actually got involved with the motorcycle industry because I, uh, owned a victory motorcycle and, uh, back in 2005, no type of aspect of building motorcycles and parts for them. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, listen, um, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. I'm just going to switch between you guys for a minute, then I want to bring you all on screen. Yeah, sure. I think that sure. the uh, the next builder that we're going to bring up here is our longtime friend, Mr. Mr. Go ahead, say his name, Mark. Say it. Evan. Is this, are we talking about Evan Favaro? Evan Favaro. If he gets his <laughs> microphone on. <laughs> Don't confuse him. Huh? He'll have to lay down. <laughs> Evan, are you there? I think so. Oh, so <laughs> so how is Favaro a hard name to pronounce? It's is not my hard. First question. It's not hard. It's just fun to say. Hey, funny. It's Favaro. <laughs> get it straight, buddy. What's the matter with you? So okay. I got. I have a question. Do you get? Uh, you yeah, get, it you is. Caught me at home. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. let's take a look because Evan and I actually started sending pictures to each other like two minutes after they sent us the bicycles because we're like two little children. Because <laughs> the process of you. Lengthening your forks. Got some cool twisted steel going on there. Lengthened the backbone. Made your yep, own yep. side cover. Yeah, just uh, so my, like, the biggest thing for this whole thing was the battery. It was, like, this huge, the gas is the electric on this thing. So let's just hide well, it, you let's know. Let's go back and look so, at where you hid that. That's pretty slick. Yeah, I wish it was a little deeper. I Like, I, I kind of wish the tank was a little... Maybe a little longer, but to hide it, but it may, it makes it easier. I was trying to make it like where you know, obviously, this has to be function 
as well. So like a kid could just swap out a battery real quick, you know. Yeah, little floorboard foot peg setup thing you got going on. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that thing is cool. It's uh, just, I just, I mean, real simply, just twisted some half inch. I have this '60s panhead chopper in the shop that I'm building. Oh, see. And, <laughs> um, here, wait, here it is. So. This is the bike that I kind of like. I was like, oh, maybe I could do like a little electric version of this. Right on. I can see it, yeah, dude. Right. I can see it. That's so other than, other than like obvi- instead of red and silver, I went obviously blue and silver. But, you know, like these are some foot controls I made for it. And so that's where the floorboards came from. And that was kind of my inspiration for it. So. That's bitching. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, listen. Fun. Don't don't go anywhere. We're just gonna switch over real quick and uh, and and bring the Nash boys on, and then I want to talk to all you guys at one time. So hang on for one second. Yeah, man. So we're lucky enough to have the bad <laughs> Tabor and Reggie Nash. <laughs> hey, Tabor, you better be careful, man. That he's get that dude's as big as you now. He's getting there, dude. Tell tell me about it, man. Thir- Thirteen. Can you believe it? Oh, Jesus. It's why it's wild. It's uh, the years fly by. Yeah, buddy. It's cool. He's cool. It's oh, stuck to you like he has learning the shit that he's learning. You know. Yeah, all the all the kid, all the Nash kids pitched in on this one actually a little. That's gonna keep shit going in the right direction over yeah. there. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so tell us tell us about your bike. I'm gonna go through some pictures while you guys are talking about it. Um. Yeah. So you know, when I got this thing, you know, my kids jumped on it right away. And they, uh, they were like, okay, what, what do we do with this thing to make it cool? You know, do we want to do like a Nash build out of it? And my, my thought on it was, uh, you know, let's do something fast. Let's see, how, let's see how fast we can get one of these things going. Yeah. Um, so that was the whole goal around it is to stretch it long so they can get low and, uh, and, and race it. And so far we got, uh, we got up to 30 miles and we got to ship it out to Daytona. So. We want to take a look at that part right there because having had one of these apart, I know that that sprocket is about 22 times the size of the sprocket that came with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you look close, it's actually the original sprocket, and then a little bit bigger oh. sprocket, and then a bigger sprocket yet, and then the rear was really tricky because they just don't make a smaller sprocket for that same setup. So I had to I had to you know machine. Right on. Well, listen, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys being involved with this. I know that everybody that's involved with the Flying Pistons are thrilled. You know, you guys are helping bring this thing back to Daytona, which is, you know, it's it's long overdue so we can talk to everybody at once. Let me hide the... There we go. Well, kind of at once. <laughs> that's a thought. We got it's, a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> So, tell me, uh, tell me what you're looking forward the most out of this, out of this experience. Wishing I was in Daytona. I mean, from <laughs> me from, too, buddy. From here, from here, where do we we move on to Meekum with this? I mean, are the bikes are they going to the Guggenheim? Is it? <laughs> no, I'm just joking with you. It is. I had some really weird to say. I just did you, didn't. <laughs> Who wants to keep their bike? I'd like to. I want to keep ours for our grandson. I mean, oh. we can't unless I buy it. Unless I win the our granddaughter on that bike. That would be yeah, so badass. Cool. Yep. Well, I think yeah, one of the cool, cool things it's exactly gonna you know all this stuff is gonna go to benefit 
you know, somebody somewhere along the line, these schools, if I'm not mistaken, that is where this is going to a local school down there, correct? The money is, yeah, yeah. To, get, to get all the kids on striders and on bicycles yes. at a younger yeah. age. So, yes. So, it's it cool is. to be able to look at Evans and, and you know, uh, it's, it's totally cool in Scott's bike to see the difference. Like, everybody's not everybody's not throwing the same thing down, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. possibly do with this thing to make it cool. But once I got it and I was like, oh, it's just two-inch round aluminum tubing. It's, yeah. like, really pretty barbaric. You can just do whatever the hell you want. Right, you know? yeah. Um, I remember right off the bat, I, um, I asked Chris from, uh, brain bucket paint shop who painted the bike. I was like, Hey, please feel free to say no to this and paint the bike. Um, so he's the one that painted it. And then, um, same thing with Angie doing the paint, um, the seat on it. Um, and it was cool that like, I have 10,000 projects going on in the shop, yeah. right? <laughs> and I have a million things, right? It's like. I Evan, have, Evan, I, I can I tell how busy you are because you all this shit going on. The only thing I want to work on is this free charity bike. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing that doesn't cause me stress or anxiety. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But speaking of the hair, this is as long as my hair has ever been since I've literally been like twelve or thirteen, which is what, like what's the deal? Movie five role? or six years ago. Movie role? What are you going for here? Um, well yeah, I was gonna go for the male model. <laughs> right yeah. on. Well, uh, Scott, you you actually have some people helping you out too. I want everybody to get get credit because I know on on our end of the build, like um, Austin Andrella. I did. I mean, the uh, my 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 angle on this was going to be a little bit different. I wanted to kind of look at what next generation would be looking at in regards to their toy box to customize things. So we went a lot with the three D printing. I actually printed that tank. And we printed a, our, our fender mount um, fabrication. So the fact that I hurt myself didn't really affect us too much other than the time I was down for the actual printing process. We've got like 100 hours of printing in these parts. What? Technology, you draw these things and next thing you know, they're on a table. It's really pretty amazing. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so we spent a lot, most of our, the lion's share of time that we did, other than the actual physical printing, was the uh, designing. We did a lot of CAD work on it. We drew all that stuff in AutoCAD. SolidWorks. Sorry, we're well, doing... like I would like to say I'm that cool, but we definitely didn't do any CAD work on ours. <laughs> well, you're, you're, well, you're still that cool. Just, I, gra- I grabbed a grinder and was like, all right, let's cut here and here, and let's throw in a piece of tube there and see what, see what works on this thing around here. Around here. What, uh, what kind of material did you use when you uh, 3D printed the tank? Like, What is that made out of? It's uh, the, um, the uh, PBA plastic. Oh, nice. So it's that, or PLA, I mean, the lactic acid. So it's actually recyclable and biodegradable, biodegradable as well. I'll tell you, of all the plastics, it's definitely my favorite flavor. Yeah, PLA? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> my, my good friend, Ian Ramar, I, I, I'm sitting here talking about this stuff. I forgot to even talk about him. He's the one who took the reins and, and completely been sitting there and monitoring this printing process while I've been dealing with this uh, thing here. So I was really lucky. And my painter came up right on Friday. We finally got all the parts to him on Friday. His name's Rick Corgan, and he took the reins and he painted the thing all the part and all the parts in two days. So we're going to have full assembly on Monday and Tuesday, and we'll be ready. 
right on so now. Well, to hold everybody up on these on the finalized pictures. With wanted it. to bring you guys on just to give this thing another push on behalf of Marilyn and Jeff and every, you know everybody at Ross Myers, everybody that's getting behind this and and just thank you guys for what you're doing for this because you know it it takes it takes people to get excited. You know I've I've seen some of these go off before and. You know, there's always guys that got together to put a shoulder behind us to get this thing going in Daytona, and and I think you deserve the extra credit for it. So, thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, grateful to be a part of yeah, it, Chris. Sure. Absolutely. Sure, well, man. In, individually, I would like to have each one of you back at at different times for because now that we've had you on the show, I know we were going through your stuff and looking at your work. His own shop. Yeah, Re- Reggie's got to have his own uh, station, he, right? He's working on it. Yeah, he's actually got his own little knife company. He's working on, oh, so no. he's starting to cool. make knives. <laughs> cool. And that's uh, yeah, that's nice. kind of the Re- the Reggie section. Him and Rocco are, are starting to do that. <laughs> so uh, you'll see some some knife stuff coming online here pretty quick. Right on. I want to volunteer yep. right now to do marketing for that. I want you to think <laughs> about this tagline, Reggie Nash. I'll cut a bitch. I'm just saying, it could, it could, it could catch. It it's could a, take off. This could be the thing that you, looks awesome. Yep, you know, right on. All right. Well, listen. One more time, I want to thank you guys for being here and uh, and taking some of your time out of the night for us. Good and damn haircut, Evan Scott. When we're in when we're in Daytona, <laughs> don't I, be jealous, man. I definitely want to spend some time and and find out some more about your work. I was looking at your at your stuff online. I want to check. Uh, give everybody a little bit of my flavor too. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good to see you, man. All right. Great stuff going on. And um, this is literally planting the seeds for the next generation of people that ride. Um, great work that's going on through the Flying Pistons. You can go to the link that Heather is putting up right now and not only this on all this fantastic merchandise that you see up on the screen. Everything is up for bid. And uh, when we all get to Daytona, it's all going to be in one place. If you happen to be in Daytona, who's who of the whole motorcycle industry. So head over to Ross Myers Sunday, March 7th from 9 to a QR code right now. Pull your phone up, point it at the screen, take a picture of that. It's going to take you to the website right there. You don't even have to do anything. See that? <laughs> Look how good that is. So, and that's the website. So you can register to bid virtually. You don't have to go to that. <laughs> Everything goes for the buyout price because yeah. it is for the kids. Yep. So. Absolutely. Daytona is coming fast and heavy for sure. Um, we have a ridiculous lineup of stuff, and it would probably help if I didn't. Sunday, you have to run this show. Just so starting off with the uh, the Hardcore Cycles Performance Show, that's actually going to be at Ross Myers under the Pavilion right at the same day that we do the builder's breakfast so you can go right from the builder's breakfast right to the the hardcore cycles performance show um leading up behind that yep that starts at noon goes till about four it's an antique show and chopper gathering Mm -hmm. um what else do we have for the week uh we have our show on tuesday the 9th at the broken spoke registration starts at 11 a.m awards are at four I'm having a freezing computer moment. Oh, so boy. Hang on. Hit it with a hammer. And Spectro and SNS Cycle and Hot Leathers, um, free to enter classes. Uh, 25 trophies will be awarded. Um, we have every class you could probably imagine from antique, antique radical, bobber, chopper, performance, blah, 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 blah. 
Tuesday, March 9th at the Broken Spoke Saloon. On Wednesday, March 10th is the Parowitz Paint Show. Again, registration starts off my memory at noontime, and their awards will be at 4. Thursday, of course, is Willie's Chopper Time, Tropical Tattoo, greatest chopper show on earth. Uh, registration technically starts at 11 a.m., but bikes usually are starting to roll in around 9. Garage Build Bike Show, Broken Spoke yes. on Friday the 12th. Registration starts at noon. Awards are at 4. <laughs> Wicked piss of paint show. Um, and then last but not least truly is the Alley Alleyway Customs Invitational. That one's a little bit different. If you're heading out of Daytona on your way home going north, that one's at Adam at Carly Davidson in St. Augustine. Uh, we'll be there along with Jason from Cycle Stop USA and a bunch of other cool people. So check that out on your way if you're headed north. That's actually Saturday. that's actually gonna be a hell of a time because there's you know, now that now that you're looking at killer tradition, you know, like leaving Daytona and hitting that show so that's pretty cool smalls and nugget may make an appearance or two yeah that's right <laughs> that's right i can see tona and she's putting the dogs in a dog resort and i'm telling you this thing is like 15 stars really yeah so it's they don't right. get stressed out in the daytime at the shows oh. like it's yeah. doggy day camp <laughs> <laughs> well hell, next time show i go to i want you to put me at a doggy day yeah camp, they have right? like their little own in-ground swimming pool and everything <laughs> Living large. Food on the beach and yeah, buddy. a ride on the shovel head. I'm going to go with Evan and be, I'm not going to be in Daytona. So, unfortunately. Sort of bummed. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do for everybody who can't make it there this year. We are doing tons of live stuff like Grease and Gears TV and the events. We're going to try to bring as much of Daytona to you as we can. So, you can check through Cycle Source and Chopper Town social media all through the week of Daytona. We're just going to pour content at you guys. Um, that and um, if you're wanting to know what events are going on and you can't keep up, if you go to cyclesource.com, I finally got around to updating the calendar. Um, you'll see little blue dots on a date. Groovy. If you click on that dot, it, I've got everything for Daytona Bike Week up there and then through till hey, maybe June or July. Keith Kronoff is asking, what time is the live feed from Willie on Thursday the 11th? I would imagine... That will probably go live up on other people that have previously scheduled stuff, but that seemed yeah. to work really well. Um, last time we were there, and no, Rob, I'm not wearing flannel. It's a Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's what? What is it? What's a St Stetson? Is a that's cowboy for shoes. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, I want to appreciate. I tell you guys how much we appreciate you being here with us every Sunday. It means the world to us. Um, especially through all those times with COVID and everything when we've had to be apart. But it looks like we're turning the corner. We're heading back. Like I said, I, I adjusted the push rods and the, and the shovel today and got it kicked over. And it gave me that obligatory giant-ass puddle of oil on the floor that said, you have not run me all winter, you dirty son of a bitch. Here's some oil for you. <laughs> now clean up. It was glorious. I loved it. <laughs> Whole garage smells like stinky old shovel now. Perfect. So that's it for us, man. Um, we're going to actually be taking a break. Really? Yeah, we're taking a break through Daytona. Hmm. So. Hmm. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you're going to paint stuff and build things. And All right, I'm going to Florida instead. 
All right, man. Well, listen again. Thank you for letting us into your uh, into your living room, your headspace, and and letting us be part of your motorcycle life every week, Sunday nine p.m. through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. We are proud to bring you Shop Talk. Until next week, same chopper time, same chopper channel. Have fun and.